0: Today we have Ruth Hiller on the show. Ruth Hiller is the accidental businesswoman who went from an artist to real estate mogul in 15 minutes. Ruth's story is an amazing one that will show you how anyone can achieve success if they have the right mindset. She was able to capitalize on her skills and turn them into a thriving business by using the growth mindset listen and learn. Before we jump into the intro, if you have interest in learning how to invest passively, check out my five-step process for passively investing in real estate. You can download it for free by going to darrenbatchelder.com backslash learn and then select the free PDF. Now, onto the intro.
1: Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing, be introduced to the players that are getting it done, and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder.
0: A little background on Ruth Hiller before we start the show. Ruth Hiller was an artist and a graphic designer. She attended a Tony Robbins event, and within the first 15 minutes, she completely expanded her mindset. She has since grown her real estate business into 16 properties. Now, on the show. Hello everyone. Today we have a very special guest. We've got Ruth Hiller. Ruth, appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Darren. I'm so honored to be here. I appreciate being asked.
0: Absolutely. So just a little bit on how we know each other. Um Ruth is is um came into the same multifamily mentorship group as as myself, uh, the Brad Sumrock group and we were attending a Christmas party and and she was so kind to be hanging out with me and and then we were, we all had our food and she said, "You want me to save you a spot?" and I was talking to somebody else and I said, "Yeah, that'd be great." And then I couldn't find her. So she ended up having a great meal and I was wandering around with my plate in my hand. But <laughs> hey, it's, since then, I've seen her do some fantastic things in the multifamily world. So I wanted to make sure uh, we invited her on and to share. So uh, Ruth, appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks again. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Absolutely. So first question, uh, how many properties and how many units are you invested in? I'm
1: in... 16 deals and over 2,800 units across seven states.
0: Wow. And I, you've only been in the group for how long? Three years.
1: Three years. Oh, my gosh. I, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pedal you've to been the metal. I've been busy, for sure. You've been,
0: <laughs> you've been busy. So share with the listeners, like, what, what did you do before, you, before the three years? What, what did you do before then? What's, what's your background?
1: Well, I call myself the accidental businesswoman because, uh, I've always bought and sold real estate. And at age 29, I bought a, my first residential property in New York city that included a retail story store. And then I have bought single family homes along the way. And then I, uh, I owned a, um, family owned multifamily business. And then aside from that real estate experience, I've been an artist and a graphic designer. So, um, That that's that's why I call myself the accidental businesswoman. Because how can an artist like kill it in multifamily?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like they they really don't seem to go hand in hand. I mean, being that artist, creative type, graphic designer, like I don't hear too many people that come from that background.
1: But you you know what? That I discovered I was giving a presentation last week, and so I said, uh, and I used to think it was a really big leap, but the thing that I noticed that both both art and graphic design and business both requires problem solving.
0: Yes. Problem solving is, is, is huge. And I didn't really know that until I got into my first syndication deal. My partner was Raj Gupta. I don't know if you know him. um, Chicago, And he told me, Darren, you know, real real estate, these large real estate transactions are all about problem solving. And, And it, I was surprised, but I've seen it play out and and talking to a lot of different people. I've definitely heard a lot of different issues. So let's talk about that. What kind of problems are you seeing in in, in your deals, 16 deals? And how did you and your team kind of go about solving?
1: Um, Well, I'm a GP in three deals. Okay. And then I'm an LP in the... uh, uh, Actually, I'm a GP in four deals and an LP in um, whatever the math is, 12. 12. Yep. <laughs> and so, so, so some of the ones that I'm the LP in, some of them, like, they have great management. Um, they have the, it's it's meeting the pro forma and the budget, which is, you know, and then some aren't. And so the thing that I've noticed lately, especially, I'm sure I was listening to your last interview with Kathy Fetke about, yep. um You know, the the rising interest rates and then the rising cap rates. And like, I think multifamily was a home run up until about last December. Like you could you could not manage it well and still make a ton of money. Right. So the problems I'm seeing now maybe are a little bit with some the bridge loans and the the strike rates and all that. That's uh, across the board, especially, you know, so there's been a lot of talk in our mentoring program and the coaching program. Like, how do you if you underwrote for something and it's changing, how do you solve for the problem of what is that going to look like next year? You know, right. what are the cap rates going to look like? What are the interest rates going to look like? What's your mortgage going to look like? You know, so.
0: So what, what are people saying they're going to do proactively to, to, you know, manage that? Well,
1: on on one, on the, on one of the deals that I'm GP and we've, uh, you know, cause we bought the the rate cap. And so the, the insurance kicks in at a certain point. And so then we have to, You know, take it out over the next two years and figure out with the increasing rate. You know, we have like, I think the rate goes up to five and 5.75, and then the bank kicks in right on in year two. So then you have to plot it out, looking, uh, solve it for the future, right? So that you make sure that you have enough, uh, that you have enough to pay your mortgage. I mean, the property itself is performing, performing phenomenally, but yeah, it's just been a little crazy ride with the interest rates. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I, you know, proformas they they're the best guess based on the best information you have at the time right but then what i've noticed cuz i i'm also an lp in a lot of deals and a gp in a lot of deals and what i've noticed is that not all deals move in a straight line up right sometimes you have some you know some things that don't pan out exactly the way you want and then but maybe there's some other factor that helps helps out so um on one deal that that I was involved with we ended up having a lot more people leave the property once we took over ownership right so and people warned me that that was going to happen you're going to have a drop in in occupancy right when you take over i'm like no 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 we're going to be fine and sure enough it happened and i was like a little panicked at first and then i went to the property management company and said hey here's the situation like we have all these you know unrented units, what are we gonna do? And they just brought maintenance people from other properties and they turned those and rehab those much quicker than we had in our plan. So um, it was scary for a little bit, but then all of a sudden we were getting the higher rents for a longer part of the year. Uh, once once we got, you know, put, put big new tenants in there. So um, you could have good and bad happen, You right? Um, hey, so interest exactly. rates is one factor. Um, but the other side of the factor is rental rates just keep going up. I mean, it seems like, you know, it's,
1: it's. But do you think, I mean, do you think that was going to continue?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know,
1: I mean, I, you know, I, I, I was telling you, I, I, my family has owned a, mul- a multifamily since 1968, um, which we just recently sold, but the The value of the building and it was it was in Los Angeles, so it's a little bit different market, but the rent the rents never went down since since we owned it. Maybe they didn't climb as much as we wanted, but I you know, and the value never decreased. So you know, historically, but I know we're in different times, so who knows, right?
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> you know the, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, right? So inflation. are we going to have inflation? Well, if there's a lot of wage inflation, then, People should be getting paid more, and if people are paid more, then they should be able to afford higher rents. You know, the flip side is, some people are calling for deflation to happen, like the Fed's gonna raise rates too much, and all of a sudden they're gonna have to turn around and start dropping rates, and then all asset prices are gonna be negatively impacted. Um, I don't know, I wish I had that crystal ball.
1: I know, right? and that's the thing, too. We we stay in touch with the brokers throughout our deal. Even after we've closed the deal, we talk to the brokers about, like, what the market's looking like. What are the cap rates looking like? Did, you know, did we underwrite the exit cap rate correctly? You know, and so that's we're always in touch with those people to make sure we have our, you know, the uh, the pulse of the market.
0: Absolutely. So you're, you're in 16 deals. I've talked to some people that are they're like, look, inverted yield curve. I'm out. I'm 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 on the sidelines. I'm waiting for the correction and I'm not buying anymore. I have other people that are like, I'm full speed ahead. And then people have kind of fallen between where they're continuing to buy, but not not necessarily going all in. And that's kind of my where I where I sit. I I I'm like, you know, things can run a lot longer than normal. Like it could be another six months. It could be another two years or three years. You know, I don't want to not continue to, to buy. Um, uh, but we are at a little bit of a risky, you know, point in the, in the, uh, both the real estate market and obviously the stock markets have already started to correct, but, um, what they do next, who knows? So what's your take on that? Where, where do you sit?
1: That's funny. Cause I was just thinking about that the other day. And, uh, I'm thinking I'm still all in, but I'm unless there's an amazing deal before the end of the year, I probably won't invest. I'm still all in, right? I probably won't invest in a new deal or GP a new deal this year. Like I said, unless something has a huge price reduction and it's like you know irresistible offer, Um, you know, I've been in the market for a joint venture, which would mean like me and like four other people would buy our own building. So uh, some of us were underwriting a deal recently and. I guess the broker in the market was pretty green, and he just he didn't he didn't know what he was doing, and so we've underwritten it like six times, and then he he says, "Oh, the price is this," and so we were, and then like, no, we can't do it at that price. So I I would do I would definitely go for a joint venture if I f- I found another one this year, and and I'm looking at maybe instead of you know uh, me GPing is maybe investing in in a known entity, you know, like one of the big you know the big guys that buy the three hundred five hundred dollar million properties, like maybe I'd park some of my money there because I still need to place some money and I still need some depreciation this year. So I have to make, take a little bit of action on that.
0: There's good problems to have, right? So, hey, you're all, you're a member of the multifamily mentorship group. You're also part of the Tony Robbins Platinum group. Um, Yes. Why? do you invest in? And you, before we hit record, you said you were involved in, you know, mentorship groups as well. Why? I mean, uh, mastermind groups. Why do you invest in these types of programs?
1: I'm going to say that I, five years ago, I went to a Tony Robbins event. Didn't know who he was. I thought he was some weird business guru. And in the first 15 uh. minutes of that event, it transformed my life and my identity. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I, can't, I, I get chills still thinking about it. And it, it changed the whole trajectory of my life. And so... Tell me
0: about that. Why? What, what happened? What changed?
1: Um, Tony was talking. So I didn't know who he was. I, I wasn't doing great that year. So I wanted to make some changes in my life. And so I, I asked a friend. It's a funny story. I said, what do I do? I'm just, I'm not doing well. I just don't know what I want to do. And she's like, have you heard of Tony Robbins? And I'm like, isn't he that weird business guru? No, no, you need to go to this event called Date with Destiny. So I signed up for Date with Destiny. I go to the event, it's 5,000 people. I'm standing in the crowd, like scared. What did I get myself into? Tony comes out and he's like, you're gonna dance. And I'm like, I don't dance. He's like, you're gonna jump. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't jump. And he's like, you'll be here till three in the morning. And I'm like, I go to bed at nine, right? And so at three in the morning, I'm like dancing and jumping. But he said something in the first 15 minutes, I felt like he was speaking to me about like biochemistry. And so, I didn't grow up in a positive environment, right? So I didn't I, I didn't consider myself a positive mindset person. And my mindset shifted in the first 15 minutes of that seminar. I just became a different person. And so anyone that's met me post Tony Robbins would never think that I made it might have been a more negative person.
0: <laughs> so I did so, meet you to post post Tony Robbins. So I did not see that person before.
1: Exactly. So I just, and I love Tony. So I continued. So he had his platinum partners thing. And I was like, oh my God, it's so expensive, but let me do it. And then everyone was saying, oh, uh, the finance trip that Tony puts on will pay for your whole platinum year. And so I went to the finance trip and I was like, yeah, no, I don't know how that works. Right. And then actually it did. So I, when I was sitting in the, in the finance trip, uh, Tony brought up these two brothers that we're um, teaching about multifamily syndication. And I had never heard of it before. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. I need to sell this property in California and start doing syndications, right? But then I just kind of let it go and didn't really know anything about it. And then fast forward three months, I met Brad Sumrock on a bus in Malaysia. And I'm like, so what do you do? And he's like, I teach people how to invest in multifamily. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, can you help me? And so the rest is history. Was that
0: on a, <laughs> was that on a Tony Robbins trip?
1: Um, it, was a, it was a trip after the Tony Robbins trip. We'd done a Tony Robbins trip through Cambodia. And then there were like 15 of us ended up on a side trip in Malaysia. And Brad and Jen were one, uh, two of the people. And I sat next to them on the bus and we became friends. <laughs> so that, that's, uh, that's
0: crazy. I mean, it's so true. you think about, look, the people talk about proximity, right? I mean, that is what yeah. it's all about right there. I mean, you you went to Tony Robbins in the first 15 minutes. You said you changed your mindset. And then next thing you know, you're on a bus sitting next to Brad. And and it was exactly what you were looking for. And now you're, I'm going to eat. How many deals? Sixteen deals. 20 dollars later, you know, it's like, holy cow, that's a big change. So yeah, I still I still
1: pinch myself, right? It's like, oh my god, I can't believe it. And the whole reason I got involved in Brad's group is because I had a multifamily property that I owned with family members, and let's just say we weren't in alignment. And so the whole, I I ended up at a a rat race event. I think I had met you that year, and. I took 500 pages of notes because I wanted to improve the property.
0: 500 (laughs) pages of notes. (laughs)
1: Because I I wanted to improve the property that I owned with my family. So that set me on this four-year journey. And like I said, it took four years to sell that. And uh, we ended up selling it for uh, almost triple what I thought it was worth.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Fantastic. Good for you. So, hey, talk to the listeners about... I mean, you, you've you obviously I don't know how you were before, but you've obviously learned how to take action. So, you know, there's some people that are listening that they yeah. want to get into real estate. They want to, you know, start buying some real estate and investing, but they're scared. So how do you coach people to kind of take action, even though they are scared?
1: Well, I always tell people to find a mentor or a program and study it at least for six months and, and learn as much as you can. And then, you know, be willing to take some action. Like what is the minimum amount that you could, you know, that you could invest? And like, when do you want to invest that by? Cause like, I always tell people like, you know, there's that saying buy buy real estate and wait, don't wait to buy real estate. And so I'm really lucky. I'm an action taker. And I, I see people that aren't, um, I have a good friend that isn't actually. And she keeps saying, yeah, next your next deal, your next deal. And then the next deal comes and she's like, nah, (laughs) right.
0: right. I I know, I know another guy that he's, I mean, he's, he's very, he's, he's done very well in multifamily. And, um, he tells me, he's like, Darren, man, there's some people that I talked to 10 years ago that were like, you know, we're at the top, you know, and he just kept buying and they still haven't bought, right? And so, some people may never get over that fence. Um, but then, but then, legitimately, there's other people that, you know, they're just finding out about the syndication world, you know, and they're just trying to understand it. And um, I know for me, I don't know about for you, but for me, and I had the capital, but wiring that first, first LP deal I did was 75 grand, and I was like, you know did I just wire this money to never, never land? Like I, you know, you're scared, but then all of a sudden the next deal is easier. And the next deal is even easier. And then you see the returns and you're like, Holy cow. I wish I had done this sooner.
1: Right. Right. I remember my first deal too. I did it. at. uh, I was at Brad's event and um, it was actually Brad's deal. And so yeah, oh, you know, anyway, so you I, felt
0: kind of safe, right? You're, so I felt
1: safe. It's like you, the first rule is no like and trust the sponsor team. And I'm like, well, I know, right. like and trust him. I've known him for about eight months, and you know, <laughs> I've been studying with him. So, uh, yeah, I get. I did the the deal that day, and I was like, it just even though you're investing in yourself, to me, it, it just felt like I was spending a lot of money. I was like, oh my god, I just spent all this, and then you know, I had to correct my language and say, I'm investing in myself and my future. Right. So that's the mindset shift. Right. So, and I think the people that don't, don't take action, they're scared they're going to spend it or lose it. But like you're investing, I I think more
0: lose it than spend it. I think that people are just so afraid of losing anything, you know, uh, they, they don't look to the upside that they could have, you know, um, I think that holds people back. Um, I love that terminology, accidental businesswoman. Um, you know, but at the age of 29, you were already buying real estate. So you, like you said, you're an action taker.
1: I, I am an action taker. And I, the thing I learned about myself through this five-year journey with Tony is that, um, uh, can I swear on your show?
0: <laughs> sure.
1: I, <I'm> a, <laughs> Go I'm for a, it. Per, I'm a persistent motherfucker. Like, I just don't give up. <laughs> there you go so yeah so I just I I just keep going if it doesn't work I go again if it doesn't work I try something else right and I I didn't really know that about myself but um I've always been that way even before Tony but it became more apparent to me uh, when I started like really getting into like figuring out who I am and like designing who I want to be right
0: well I think that you know whatever you call it you know, I I call it thick skin. Um, I tell my kids you got to have thick skin. Um, you know, the business isn't easy, right? I mean, it's not it's not easy, um, but there's huge rewards, and so you do have to be able to take no's. You do have to take be able to take rejection. You know, and you and you've got rejection from, you know. Look, how many deals do you have to go after to win a deal, right? I mean, it's, you, you have a lot of people competing for every deal. And then once you get a, de- a good deal, you're, you're all excited. And then you got to pitch it to all the investors. And then some investors are like, I'm on board. And some, like your friend is like, no, I'll wait till the next one, right? And so that's rejection too, right? So you, but you have to be persistent. Right. You have to keep going uh, after
1: it. I don't see that as rejection. I mean, the thing um, that I learned from Tony, it's funny because I used to I used to hate sales. I'm not I, I, I don't consider myself a salesperson, uh, but I actually am. And the, the, the thing that I learned about sales, I would come back from a Tony Robbins event and I'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And everyone would be like, what do you what is it? I want it. And so it's sort of the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> It's the same thing with multifamily. Like, oh my god, this is amazing and I just post how excited I am and then it's it's been sort of a gradual build over the last year and a half, you know, educating people and getting people like getting people excited. There's a fine line like when you're raising capital for a deal, it's like people are really excited and you're going to raise the money. And then there's a the fine line by like, yes, I'm offering you this opportunity and like, Oh my God, like let's get going now. Right. So it's kind of interesting when you're raising capital on a, on a deal.
0: Absolutely. And so talk about like where your focus is. Cause in multifamily, you could, you could build a company, right. Um, a syndication company. You can partner with other people. Um, if you partner with other people, you could, you focus in on one area or another area, you know, what's, where's your focus?
1: Well, my focus is investor relations and uh, raising capital. And then on this, uh, the last deal I GP'd, I helped with like all the new signage and the branding um, and help with like some, you know, overseeing like interiors and colors and stuff like that. Cause, cause I'm the artist, right? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm usually, you know, in Colorado, I live in Colorado. So there have been a lot of great deals here. And there was one deal that I missed out on because I didn't have a team assembled, but now I have a team that would be interested in doing a deal in Colorado. So, um, you know, I've been more of a co-sponsor rather than a lead sponsor and, you know, we'll see where the market goes. That's something I would be interested in, you know, sourcing a deal here and working with some other uh, people that I know from here that, that would be great asset managers. That's awesome. I, I'm not the asset manager. I, I, I understand not. it. I No, it's like a film. It's like a film producer. You have all the pieces, right? That you're super detail oriented. And, and even though I understand it, it's like, uh, I always say spreadsheets scare, scared me to death. Right. <laughs> so, I, so I started, I understand them and I can do them, but still, you know, being an asset manager, you got to just whip that stuff out.
0: But that's the beauty is like, you can, you know, know what your strengths are and focus on your strengths and then find other people to complement that, right? Yes. So you don't have yes. to do it all.
1: And in the beginning, I thought I had to do it all. And I got kind of deflated because I was like, oh, I got to find the deal. I got to underwrite the deal. I got to, you know, put together the team. And then I was just like, ah, and then, you know, <laughs> and so then, yeah, I've been on a couple teams now. It's been, um, and that's what I love about it too. I love contributing to the team and I love contributing to the communities that we invest in. So to me, it's like a win-win.
0: So talk about that, be, getting your first deal as a GP, and, you know, you can agree or disagree with me, um, but would love to get your take. I think in today's market, if you're going after large scale multifamily, you can't win a deal or it's very difficult to win a deal unless you partner with somebody that already has experience. Oh, um, totally. You, so you, you agree with that. So then you, you also get all the pluses. So you, you know, look, you, I talked to some people outside, you know, group and they like, Oh, I don't know if I, you know, want to do that. I'm giving up a piece of the deal, but I'm like, you know, look, 0% of (laughs) whatever is still zero. You know, if you take a smaller piece of the deal and you partner with somebody that has experience, then you learn along the way too.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. The, the last two deals I did, a deal in Tennessee and a deal in Texas with two different teams. And it's it's been a great learning experience to see how they they both approach asset management a little different or the, you know, the budget meetings. And so that's been a great experience for me to see how everything works. And like you said, you know, it all sounds like, oh, it's so easy. You just go buy a building. Uh, right. And then you, and then you just run it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I remember someone had asked me to come in on a team and be a capital raiser. And so I sat in the meeting and they're like, you know, this is the deal. And so I said, well, who's going to be the asset manager? And he said, oh, well, that doesn't matter. It's getting it's getting the deal. that ma-. And I was like, what? I said, I'm out.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So. so talk about the you said there were two different. Um, you didn't use this word, but like two different styles, two different approaches um, for the two different teams. What did you see differently? And what did you learn by seeing the, the two different styles?
1: Um, what did you learn? You know, I think, I think one team is a little loosey goosey not the word. It's just not as regimented. And the other team is just there. Everything's distributed ahead of time and this and that. And everyone knows what's, uh, what's going to happen. And then I feel like I've brought that back to the the first one and we've gotten way more organized just because I didn't know I've never run a deal before. So, you know, you have to get in there and see what's going on. I think it's good experience uh, to be on the different teams.
0: A- absolutely. I even you, you probably see it with all your LP deals. I, I mean, I know for me, I ended up investing with a lot of different syndicators and you know, I knew I wanted to be a lead syndicator, um, but I wanted to see the styles of, of different ones and then take what I liked from some and, you know, and, and leave out some of the things I don't like from some and form my own style. And so, um, there's that review kind of from the LP side, but then when you partner with different teams, you know, on the GP side, it's the same thing. You kind of see how people run the deal. And I mean, I've been on do you know, the due diligence uh, process where it's completely buttoned down and then another one where it's not right. Exactly. You could see the the difference, you know. Um, So in any event, uh, talk about conferences. Like, why do you go to conferences?
1: Um, I go to conferences because I have a growth mindset. And so, you know, Tony Robbins talks about like the six human needs. And one of my top human, top human needs is for growth. It's, that's always been a driver for me. That's why I, that's why I'm persistent also. <laughs> so, and I, I go to conferences and to learn, but I, also I'm a people person. I love, I love being social. I love seeing what other people are doing. I love, the thing I love about multifamily is the relationship building, you know, whether it's with the team with the, you know, or with the, my investors.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, I mean, people say that all the time, like, well, you're going for the networking, you're going for the relationship building, and it's a team sport, multifamily. And yeah, but what does all that mean? Right. And like, so, you know, an example for me, I was, I was at a multifamily conference in the Carolinas and I was, I was one of the speak asked to be one of the speakers and <laughs> I'm, I go to that. And I had no agenda other than you know go to to the conference, speak, you know, see people that i've seen before. Well, next thing you know, I walk away and I'm partnering on a on a deal. oh wow, like be, but that would never have happened had I not gone there, you know that you know those guys would not have have even though we knew each other, it's like being in front of people all of a sudden gets them to think, what are you, what are you looking for? What are you doing? What you, know, and how can we work together where I don't know, people just don't all the time have you top of mind if you're not in front.
1: Right. And that's why, that's why like you have to, like you do, you do your podcast, which is amazing, adding value, teaching people or in, you know, information, newsletters, you know, just to keep, to keep you in mind. And this year was funny. I sponsored an event in town just so I'd get, a, you know, it was two-sided. I wanted to get in front of people so they know who I am. But B, it's been a really fun event to just get to know people, too.
0: Yeah. So, it's not, so talk about like, that. What, what did you do?
1: Um, in our town, there's a program called the Month of Modern. And because I come from an art and background, uh, you know, art and design background. So this background, is in Boulder. This is in Boulder. And there's, you know, okay. Boulder's like, there's not a lot of multifamily in this community. You know what I mean? And, but it's it's a higher end community, I would say. And, and so I just wanted to find a way because everyone knows me because I've been here 24 years and everyone knows me as an artist. And so I thought, oh, it'd be fun to sponsor it. The name of my company is YesMF. It's kind of cheeky, you know? And so I, I sponsored the event and I had to give a presentation called Pecha Kucha. So it's like <laughs> what is twenty sli- It's 20 slides, 20 seconds per slide. And the story had to be about inspiring and creating change. So I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I've been on the path five years. Tony Robbins inspired me, you know, Brad Ro- Sumrock inspired me. And then, you know, and then it comes down to, I had to create change in myself. So I had to get, I gave this presentation and it was, it was really funny actually. And so I've been meeting a lot more people in my community here, because sometimes you want to get to know more people. Even though I've lived here 24 years, I feel like I probably haven't been so involved in the community. So it's a way to give back and like get to know people.
0: That's cool. Uh, The other thing you said is that you're, you know, because you've been there for a long time, right? But you are known as an artist. Yes. So I think that that's a real thing for a lot of people is, okay, they want, maybe they want to get into real estate investing. They want to, you know, get into syndication. They want to, you know, bring more people to the fold, but they have this other career. They're kind of known for being a different Person and different identity. How do you go about kind of making that change, or at least or adding on to a new layer?
1: Yeah, it was it was interesting because in 2019, I've been painting for about 30 years, and I had felt really burnt out. It didn't feel fulfilling to me, and I was tr- I was trying to think like why it didn't feel fulfilling to me, and it was just it didn't meet all my needs anymore. And so I was like, well, you know, this is right. Like around the time I had started you know, in, in, in personal mentoring. And so I don't know, just being willing to try something else. Right. You know, I've I've probably had six careers. I don't know. It's funny because Tony Robbins says either you stick with your career, your whole life or every seven or so years you change up for something new. And I'm like, I guess it was my time to change, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just, I think that I'm used to, I've been trained by Tony to, uh, embrace uncertainty and embrace the unknown. And so just try it and see what happens. Right. So I think a lot of people are scared because they're in their little box, you know, and it's, it's not easy to step out of the comfort zone. And lately I feel like I've been doing it a little too much. (laughs) I just want to relax a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, look, if you're known as an artist and you come out and you say, Hey, I'm doing multifamily syndication, that's kind of like a big change. Like, so you're having to, build you know they always say you know no like and trust right so if you're capital raising you're trying to you know you're you're presenting opportunities for people to grow their wealth well before you were selling paintings right and so why you know you have to make kind of a shift to build that trust with with those people in a new way
1: yeah that, it was interesting right and then when I joined the the mastermind, you know, I asked, I said, Well, I think I want to raise capital. And and Brad had told me he's like, Well, if you want to raise capital, you have to nurture your database. You can't just go out there and say, Hey, now I'm doing multifamily, you know what I mean? So it I I, I, I developed a brand, I developed a newsletter, and I send a newsletter out, I think it's been a year and a half now, every every two weeks, some educational thing about multifamily. And then I have a really high open rate. I get like 60% open rate because my emails are short and they're funny. And so then people just started calling me up like, like, what is this you're doing? And then, then I would post on all the, the deals I bought and what I'm learning. And then people just start, I th- you have to be a little bit more in the public eye if you're going to shift your identity, I think, because otherwise you can't just, you know, wake up one day as an artist and the next day, like here, I'm, I'm the multifamily maven, you know?
0: <laughs> right. Well, I think so that I, the, I think that's important. What you, what you said is that you, that nurturing, right? So you, um, you have your network and then you're letting people know what you're doing um, way before there's really a need to have, you know, have them jump into an opportunity. And I think there's a lot of people that have reached out to me and they're like, Oh, well, social media and all this stuff. Like, I don't, I don't think I want to, Tell people really what you know, post anything until I get a deal or until I go full cycle or you know, like there's always like this thing down the road, kicking the can down the road. But people want to learn, right? There's certain people in your network that are like, I didn't know about this.
1: Right. And most I, people don't know about it, right? So they yeah. don't not only have they never heard of multifamily, they don't know what what a syndication is. Right. So um, but the I would say that. I did that newsletter for, I don't know, eight or nine months before I ever had a deal. I just said, oh, let me just educate people. And then when I have a deal, then, then I, you know, whatever. So that, that's sort of what, that's how I did it. And I, I was always taught through Tony, like add more value, you know, instead of asking for something, you want to give something, which before right. Tony, I just, probably didn't do much of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you were painting, you were, you were given from your, your creativity and, you know artistic. Um you know, I was going to say artistic brains and, but yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, that's a completely different world. And. Um,
1: it is, but it isn't, like I said, it's all about relationships and any, it's about relationships. And I think it's about how you feel about yourself. Right. So as an artist, it was hard. I couldn't sell my art very well, but I could sell a multifamily, which is so odd to me. Cause it's both sales. Right. But it's all about like a, a belief, uh, you know, but uh, limiting beliefs are. you know, I think I had more limiting beliefs as an artist than I do as in multifamily. I feel like anything's possible. Why not?
0: That's awesome. Anything is possible. I mean, look, you're, you're <laughs> three years, you're in 16 deals. When you joined, you had no idea. Right. Oh. And, and this is what I also tell people is, you know, when you join, you were, you were thinking about, your property that was in, in california your family property and you were trying to figure out how to you know best manage that and sell it at the best price and um and then the next step was like grow ruth's net worth, right and then all of a sudden it becomes bigger than that and it's like how can i educate other people and that's what i try to tell people is like look you think you're just doing it for yourself but two three four years down the road your network, you know, listeners, your network is going to be coming to you and saying, how'd you do it?
1: Right. Exactly. Which is cool, right? Okay. And, uh, that, it's to so me, giving, cool. It's very cool. It, I would say most of my investors are women. And it's funny, someone had suggested to me, you should target women. I was like, oh, I don't want to target women. But then I found like women targeted me, and, I mean, in a good way, right? And I was like, well, and as I more, I got into the business, like commercial real estate is 90% men. I'm like yeah. a female in a male dominated field of commercial real estate. And so why, why wouldn't, why don't, why wouldn't I want to educate women on that? Cause I, I think we, a, a, more women don't have confidence to invest than men.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: I think it's not taught. I, I don't think investing is taught. Like I said, but it's, I not, really... it's, not,
0: it's not taught to men or women though.
1: Yeah. But I think, right? I, I, mean... I, don't, I don't know why. I think, just the, you know the traditional roles that we play. I mean, I think it's gotten better, and there's a lot more women, you know. But I'm I'm interested too in like, because people aren't taught about investing, but they're not also not taught about financial literacy. I think now they're starting to do that in school, but like when I was growing up, like again, like my dad taught me how to balance my checkbook and how to keep books and stuff like that. That was like the extent of my business training. <laughs> but I got, you know, and then they said, say, i put, you know, save a little money, but that was, that was about it. Right. And then there's so many good resources out there now, like Robert Kiyosaki, there's like a ton of books that you could read that can help you. And that's what I, I I like to donate and help organizations that help women with financial literacy and mindset. Cause I think that, you know, cause you could be financially literate, but like you're saying, like some people don't have the mindset to take action.
0: Yeah. And, and look, there's also, so you're, you're educating women in your network. Um, look, there's a lot of books out there, right? There's a, there's a lot of books. There's a lot of you know, podcasts. There's a lot of blogs. There's a lot of different resources, both free and paid. Um, but when you go to somebody that you know, like, and trust, and then they recommend a book or a podcast or a mentorship group, it means a lot more. So I read a lot of books and a lot of the books that I read are, you know, a guest on the show tells me about a book, about a book that I, you know, I trust that person and I, you know, admire what they've done and they're seeing value from it. So I decide to look into it. Um, or I'm at a networking session. I'm with a bunch of real estate people and they're like, have you read this book on, you know, whatever Tom, I remember the first one was Tom Wheelwright's um, Uh wealth ability. Yeah. yeah, I forget the name of the, his first book, but they're like, have you read it? I'm like, no. And I went and bought it like the next day and I was like, Oh my gosh, that had so much value. And, but it was because somebody that I knew had recommended it. I probably wouldn't have just found it on Amazon.
1: Well, that, that's the same thing. It's just like recommendations. Cause I, I, some guy, I had a call with him and he said, oh, I've lost my shirt and multifamily. And I said, really? And he's like, I said, where are you meeting these people? He's like on crowdfunding sites. And I was like, oh, uh, do you know these people? No. And so that's uh, no, like, and trust the team. And number two, have to have a kick-ass asset manager. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So
0: I've had a lot of people on and I've asked people like, have have you lost money on a multifamily syndication? I've only had two people tell me that they've lost money on a syndication. One of them said it was due to fraud. Um, they they, the, they they actually didn't even have the property. They just took the you know raised the capital and oh my and god ran with the money. Um, and then the other person was a crowdfunding uh, platform and. Um, I'm sure there's good ones too, but like I, that's the one of the benefits I think of syndication over buying stocks is, you know, you can call the, the sponsor. You've got their cell number, their email. Like you can actually call and talk about the deal, um, yeah, before you invest and also after you invest, where you can't do that. You don't get access to you know the C-level executives of Amazon, right? Um, so, uh,
1: that's true, and so. No, I haven't lost any money in a syndication. But see, was it twenty four years ago? I bought a thirty two unit multifamily property in Denver, Colorado, and I lost my shirt on it because I didn't know how to do due diligence. Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Come on, this is way before I I did any education. I didn't know how to do lease audits. I didn't know how to do due diligence, and so it just it was a big disaster. So. so how did
0: you lose your shirt, though? I'm curious.
1: Um, well, so.
0: You just, real- did you just overpay?
1: No, I didn't. Yeah, well, I overpaid. I didn't know enough about the neighborhood. I did everything wrong. So I <sighs> had never, you know, I just assumed you just buy an apartment building and you run it, right? <laughs> that was 23 years ago. So, so I bought this building. The realtor sold it to me. And then I said, I, I don't know how to run it. And she's like, well, we'll help you find someone. And then they couldn't help me find anyone. And she was way out of her league as far as she was not a commercial broker. She should have never sold me that property. And then, as you know, sometimes when you buy a multifamily, they populate it with tenants just to get the rent roll up. But like the right. tenants were like drug addicts.
0: <laughs> oh, <no>. oh,
1: <laughs> and so oh, no. I had to evict everyone. And then then there was like, uh, then the boiler went. And this is 23 years ago. It was like $50,000 repair. And I was like, so I just, I, I, I just... I just got rid of it because I it was just a money pit and I didn't know how to run it. So that's right, why it's important right. to like have a mentor, find a group, do yeah, study with someone who's already done what you want to do, right? You don't need to reinvent the wheel. That's, that's my biggest lesson with that's why I go with all these groups because if you've already successful at it, I want to talk to you. How did you do it? I don't want to read a book and figure it out on my own.
0: <laughs> that, so. That's huge. And that goes to like, I, again, I meet some people that, I meet a lot of people that are in mentorship groups, um, but I also meet people that are looking to get into the space and and they don't see the value in it. And they're like, you know, I don't I don't want to spend thirty grand, you know. And and I'm like, I get it, but like, if you make one mistake on a ten million dollar or twenty million dollar deal, like it can it's cost more than thirty you grand, way more than thirty grand. And you know, not only you, but if you're raising capital, then it's costing all your investors, and you lose your reputation. You could be one and done. So you know, knowing just the team members alone, like who are the good property management companies, who are the good rehab people, who are the good inspection people, who who should you bring on for due diligence, like all those team members that you end up, you know, bringing alongside you that will provide you with advice and counsel. You know, if you pick the wrong ones, it, it could be way more than a 30 grand mistake.
1: Oh, totally. I, I, I fully believe in pay to play. And the first thing that taught me that was Tony, was the Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership, which was quite expensive. But like I said, the information from the financial trip changed the trajectory of my life and has probably paid for that 10 times over already, just from what yeah. I've learned on the path I've been on. So it was worth every cent. I, I always say it is but people you know, people are going to do what they do. They, some people just want to do it on their own, you know, that's
0: okay. Well, I, I also think you have to, um, you have to have the right mindset and you have to be looking for how to get that value back. Right. Because I think there are some people that, and I see people, you know, sign up for multifamily mentorship groups and they write the check and they just think the deal is going to come to them. Right. Well, it's not, you know, so, um, if that's your expectation then don't write the check. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of learning from other people and getting connected to the network. Um, but you, you know, you still have to do work. You still have to, you know, grind it out.
1: Oh, totally. I was gonna say you do. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know what? You're such a sweet person. I had no idea that you had this persistence in you that you, that oh, you talk about.
1: that's my yeah. middle name. Like you're yeah. always
0: smiling, like you're always, you know, happy go lucky every time I see you. So you you think somebody like that is they don't have problems, right? Like they I, you just you just well, uh have a good presence about you.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, I learned all that from Tony, so I, I'm forever grateful to that man. Uh and, oh, and the, the punchline of that story, this is remember I told you my friend sent me to his event. And so yeah. I'll, if you remember, so I came back and I was so happy and I changed my life and I took her to dinner. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to thank you. This is thank you. And she said, I'm so, you know, this is really weird, but I've never done any of his work. And I'm not sure why I recommended it to you, but I'm glad I did.
0: Oh, my gosh. Really? So that person didn't get any value out of it. Went to it, went to it, but just didn't. No,
1: she'd never. You know. she'd, she'd never oh, been she, to any of it. No, she's never just, even gone. She had a download to recommend it to me because she'd heard about it. And I trusted yeah. her and I went and she'd never, ever done any of his work.
0: Holy cow.
1: I know. That's a pretty funny and story. Look,
0: I've been to some conferences where, you know, maybe the six, there's six or seven speakers and four of the speakers I listen to. And I'm like, I didn't feel like I got any value out of that. And all of a sudden one says something. I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I apply that to my world, my business, that could be huge. I don't know that everybody is looking for that. You know, some people pay and they just want to be like slapped in the in the head in terms of like what, you know, you have to be actually looking for the value, I think.
1: Yes, I, I think so, too. I mean, there's a lot of people that go, like you said, join groups or whatever, and then they don't take any action. Like I said, you have to be persistent. And, you know, all those goal setting workshops that we all just love to do, you got to do them. Right. If you have right. to be have to cl- if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there?
0: <laughs> I, I, absolutely. So it's I don't, I don't want to put myself on the, this accountability, but, I, but I'm going to ask you. So I kind of feel that way about Tony Robbins. I have not gone to any of his events, but I kind of feel like I'm not the jump up and down, clap my hands like, you know, till two or three in the morning type of guy and then i have all these other people that are like come back and they're like oh my gosh that was so awesome that was you know so amazing so i loved when you said that you weren't that that way and you were skeptical and then oh, holy cow in the first 15 minutes like he converted you
1: well yeah he converted me and he gave me tools to change my life in a way that i never had before and that you could actually implement and so my goal when i went to that event was like if i could have one tool To just, you know, shift stuff. I came out with like 10 toolboxes.
0: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: But you have to be persistent and you have to to implement those tools. Otherwise, it's like, again, joining a group and not taking action. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I had a guy on the podcast maybe, I don't know, a month ago, Hemel um, Badiani. And he was somebody I met down in, in the conference in North Carolina. And um, he shared with me that he went to some, some across the world to climb this mountain with people he didn't even know. And when we stopped recording, I was asking him questions about it. And, and I told him, I said, look, I really want to do this motocross thing. Like, like off road. I've never done, I've owned street bikes, but never off road. And he's like, just do it, man. And I grabbed that accountability. And I'm like, you know, I'm nervous and scared, but in two weeks, I'm, I'm going now. I'm signed up, and I don't know anybody that'll be there. We're going four days through uh, Yosemite. And, Ooh, that'll be amazing. Yeah, it's like one of those things of like, you know, you said earlier that if you find yourself having so many of these things that make you uncomfortable, right? And making yourself uncomfortable, it's like scary, but also exciting. You know, it is, it time.
1: is. And so T- Tony says all the magic happens outside your comfort zone.
0: Yeah, so, I, so. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I, see, I love that you embrace so much of what you learn there. I mean, um, and that's the power of, of Tony. I got to give him credit. I mean, I've never been to any of his events. Um, um, well, maybe we'll he, change that. <laughs> right. He's positively impacted many people's lives. And um, I hear it in you for sure. Yeah, I've I
1: have met amazing friends through that group for sure.
0: So your network, how did you how did you build your network? So if you you know, I'm asking. So passive investors are like, I don't know who my network would be, and how do I start it, and how do I go about? You said for eight months you were nurturing them before you actually had a deal. You know. Who were the people that you put on the list, and how would you nurture them?
1: I had about five hundred people in my database from like Tony Robbins people I met, and from friends that I had, and then I just, uh, like I said, I came up with a brand name, and then I just started putting out uh, educational emails, like what is the syndication, you know, just, and then texting people, hey, you know, just that I hadn't talked to. I think Jesse Itzler says that you should text at least three people a day and say, like, thinking of you, how are you doing? No need to, you know, kind of thing. No need to respond. Just to let people know that you're interested. I think that's the biggest thing I got from Tony was just being interested. And that built, what, the more interested I am instead of me, 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 you know, and then the more, the bigger my network is.
0: Not really. Yeah, yes. And that goes to mindset. Because, like, you know, some people, I think, think, like, I'm going to be bothering people if i send this email to my network right but you know if you had 500 people maybe there was 200 people that were not interested you know but maybe there was 2 or 300 people that were like what is this syndication thing let me and it's the first time they've heard it and you know or maybe it's 50 people who cares it's like you're you're doing it for the people that they don't know and you're trying to educate them And so if you're not doing it and nobody else is doing it, then how do they even get educated? Right? So I said that's what I'm trying to get into people, other people, start telling your network, you know, what you're doing. Even if you I tell I tell
1: everybody, I tell everybody, and it's funny because they're like, so what do you do? And I said, Oh, I teach people how to double their money in two years and not pay taxes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, maybe we're that, not doubling. That, <laughs> and then. That gets like, people what? interested, <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: that gets people interested for sure.
1: Or then I tell them my company name, you know, yes, MF. And then should you buy multifamily? Yes, motherfucker, you should. You know, so it's just kind of. So people, you know, and then I judge if, if they say, oh, that's cute, then I don't go on. But, oh, my God, like, tell me about it. Right. You can kind of judge if someone wants to know. But I, I'm excited about it. I love it. And so I just tell everybody I know. And if they don't want to talk about it, we can talk about something else. But you always have to if it's your passion, you want to tell people about it.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's fantastic. Hey, so where do you go from here? I mean, what's your next big stretch goal?
1: Oh, my next big stretch goal. Hmm. is to be a lead sponsor. Not this year. Okay. It'll be, uh, next year. 20, 2023, 2023. Yeah. This year, I don't know with the market and stuff, you know, unless something amazing came, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm not going to say never, but that's my big goal for next year. You know, this, this year was the GP two, uh, three deals, which I did. And then. It's, it's like two or three deals a year, you know, depending on the market and the team. And what I'd really like is there's a couple teams I've worked with. I'd like to continue to work with those on a, reg- they're on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, so lead sponsor in 2023. You heard it yeah, right here. Well, we're going to see it happen. I'm sure. All right, we're going to see it taker.
1: happen. I'm an action taker. Um,
0: you are. You are an action I'm, taker. And that, look, that, that inspires other people. You know, um, that's, you know, you're getting other people involved, both at the LP side, but then eventually they're going to say, hey, how do you, how do you do what you do? And, um, and then you teach them that. So, hey, um, if people want to get to know you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you?
1: Um, they can go on my website at yesmfnow.com. That's yesmultifamilynow.com. Yes, MF now. And then I have some Free info and some educational articles on there. Like what? Oh, it's just like how a syndication works and why I like stocks versus real estate. There's about 12 or 13 different articles. And then I post my uh, newsletters on there, too. So there's some information that you can get.
0: Awesome. So listeners, check that out. Yes, mfnow.com. And what do you like to do for fun outside of work? Besides painting, because you are an artist.
1: I love to be in the mountains. I just uh I have a place up in Vail and I was there last weekend and there's this 10-mile drive up on this little teeny dirt road takes like an hour cuz it's a really bad road and it's like the most beautiful place you've ever been. So just to be out in nature would be my favorite thing.
0: I love Colorado. You you live in a very special place. Um, but I have to say I was driving a big old RV and driving through Colorado windy mountain roads is is stressful yeah. and and you have cars that are live there that are just whizzing by you. And I'm like, ah, you know, I just got a grid and bear it. I can only go as fast as I can go, you know? Um, but Hey, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I think that there are so many people that think it's out of their realm, you know, think that they can't get involved. And I love that you're, um, as persistent as you are. And I love that you're you're building the network and um, you're always a pleasure to be around. So I appreciate, again, you coming on the show. Uh, listeners, go ahead. I was
1: going to say thanks, Darren. It's been such an honor. I, I always love talking to you. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you. Um, listeners, until next week, signing off and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.